and they were suing me for the cost of that roof plus the deposit that they gave me. Somebody's like, you got to know your numbers. And then somebody else is like, so if, if you know your numbers, everything's going to be great? More of your, your true character and your identity when you come out and be vulnerable and say, dude, I fucked yeah. up. Humility is voluntary. Humiliation yeah. is forced upon you. Hey, how's it going? It's Tim Brown, and this is the Hook Better Leads podcast. And today I have the pleasure of having on Jordan Davian of Contractor yeah. Brand, formerly Noble Roofing. How you doing, Jordan? I'm good, Tim. How are you, man? Doing very well. So we're talking about a pretty heavy topic today, why roofing companies fail. Um, I want to I hear your story. Uh, this one I'm allow a little bit longer. I usually say, give me your story in one minute. We're going to give you five minutes. Okay. Um, but before we get into it, I want to say why I'm doing this podcast, because I think somebody might think I, I put something about why roofing companies fail and a ton of people answered, like 50 people answered this past weekend. And my friend Benny said, Tim's being negative for engagement. This is a lesson in engagement. And I was like, I don't think this is negative. I feel like this is like one, we all learn a ton from failure and sharing failure is one of the most generous things that you can possibly do sharing what you learn from failure. I tell my comp everyone in my company that all the time, if you fail to tell the other people what you learned in our company, like don't hide it. Let's learn yeah. from this. And then the other thing is I will say the brain is attracted to failure and, and avoiding failure, right? Like more yeah. than it's attracted to success sometimes. So yes, I know this podcast We'll get more listens than our average li our average podcast because the brain just it's something with the um, you know the what is it the reticular activation system where out of the corner of your eye you can see a snake your eye is very good at seeing that snake mm -hmm. because it has to it has to to avoid pain like sure. more than anything so we're always looking for. We're always looking to avoid danger. Yeah. And that's why this podcast will get more views than most just because they want to avoid what you went through, to be honest with you, Jordan. Um, yeah. So if I could get that that five-minute version of what happened um, and, and what you're doing now. Yeah. So um, the whole story or kind of where the ship started sinking? Yeah, let's start with a, a little background. What ha what what it was like, what happened, and what it's like now. Sure. Uh, started the company back in 2019. Had a partner. Partnership didn't end up, you know, working out. Um, so I took the company on myself, um, and we went through a little bit of hardship, but we did pretty well. Um, brought on a lot of people. Grew the company. Had our own um, location and warehouse, and, and we were doing really really well. Um, kind of the tipping point is my team got to a place where we, I, I was having trouble holding them accountable to things because I did not feel qualified to hold them accountable because I, I had no self-discipline. And when that happened, the team started to dwindle down, um, and everything kind of fell apart. We weren't bringing any more money in, but I still had all the overhead, uh, which eventually kind of killed us, um, on top of that, we had some lawsuits and some jobs that went bad. So it was kind of the perfect storm of, of everything that went on. Um, I, on top of me, just not being able to lead the team correctly. So I got to dive into a couple of those pieces so that people can get a little bit more info. The one 
thing is you said you didn't have self-discipline. Are you saying that you weren't really aggressive personally with sales or what elements of discipline were you missing? Yeah. So working on myself, um, I, I knew that it was important to help everyone be better because when, when you're better, everyone benefits. And so we had power hours and we had weekly targets and we had things that we do and it was more, uh, targeted at personal development. I wanted everyone to work on personal development. And for me, something that, that I have, uh, some of the things, so like I, I smoke and I hate that I smoke. Um, but I would quit smoking and then two weeks later I'd pick it back up. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would say I'm going to the gym and I'd go to the gym for a, a couple weeks and then I'd just kind of not go to the gym. And mm-hmm. so I lacked the self-discipline to stick with the things that I committed to do to them because it was not just I'm doing this and I'm telling myself. I openly said I'm going to go do yeah. these things and I didn't do them. And in turn, it, psychologically, I said I can't. If I can't hold myself accountable to the things that I'm telling them, I'm not qualified to hold them accountable to the things I'm telling them. And so you guys did go through bankruptcy now. Um, yeah. And I know a big piece of that was these couple jobs that went south. So for the sake of being mm-hmm. generous to our audience yeah. who wants to avoid failure, yeah, can you talk about what went wrong and Absolutely. how maybe somebody else could avoid that type of thing in the future and in, in the jobs that went south in particular? Yeah. Um, I had one really big job that I, I severely underbid. Um, the job was, uh, a little North of, of, it should have been about $50,000. I bid it at, I think 31,000. Um, it was a really, really big F wave job and, uh, it was a customer that called in, it was a lead. And so we took it. It was a really kind of interesting situation. Um, she had a warranty with Tamco that the shingle went bad. She wanted to go back with something a lot better. We ended up settling on F wave. And in order to close the sale, I basically said, we will do this at really close to cost. And that ended up hurting us a lot. Mm. Um, I, I lost, uh, close to about fifteen twenty thousand dollars on that job between you paying think it was like have you done a lot of f wave before did you think it was like i want to get into f wave that, that was that was the first f wave job i wanted to get into it i ah. wanted to i wanted to wear that pin on our chest yeah so that we could go and say hey look at this f wave job we did because that's um, a wanted, common thing we like we look at a project and we're like i want that because it's like a strategic project yeah. but you like to underbid too far. It doesn't matter how strategic it is. I could see that for sure. So that really hurt us. Um, Right alongside, we had another job that was a metal roof job. And with this, it was uh, originally shingles insurance paid for it and they wanted to go back with metal. So I gave them a price for metal. They said, okay. And the price was good. Um, It was within, um, we had, we had everything that we needed on there. Uh, So, I did not have a metal roofing crew because we, we sub out most of the labor. And so I got a hold of, through some mutual connections, a metal roofing crew. And they told me they wanted to provide the material as well. And I said, okay, that's fine. So I'd never worked with them before. They'd never worked with me before. They said I want a deposit. And so they asked for a deposit. I said, okay. I collected a, a deposit from the customer which was $3,000 shy of the deposit that this guy wanted. 
Mm. And so I gave, I just basically money changed hands. We, we deposited the check and wrote him a check. He took the money and we didn't hear from him for about three months. And Mm. it was really, it was, uh, uh, August ish of 2021. There was a lot of material shortages. Prices were super high. And so I understood, and that was what it was is I can't get a hold of materials. They can't get a hold of this. Um, and then right around November, 2021, I said, dude, what's the deal? We need the money back. We're going to have to go somewhere else. And he said, no, 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 they, they made it, but they made the wrong color. And I was like, what? That doesn't make sense. And so finally materials get dropped. And because there was so much shakiness, I, I went out myself and looked at the materials just to make sure we had written our contract with the customer and with him for 26 gauge, um, metal standing seam. And, um, it might not have been standing. seam. it was 26 gauge and the material that was on site was 29 gauge, which is thinner and cheaper. Mm. Now the customer wouldn't have known the difference at all, uh, without taking a set of calipers. And, um, but I knew. And so I immediately said, this is not the right material. His excuse was, well, I need to save some money. Things have gotten really expensive. And I said, that's not my problem. Um, make it right. He said, no, I tried to contact the supplier. They said, you didn't buy it from us. We have, we, we're not going to tell you anything. So we ended up suing this guy. I also contacted the customer and explained everything. I laid all the cards out and I said, this is what happened. I hired this guy. He bought the material. It's the wrong material. We can put it on your roof. We will discount it or we're suing this guy. We're pursuing the deposit that you gave us back from this customer. We're going to walk through this lawsuit. We really want to do your roof. Now, I had just lost all that money on the F-Wave job, so I didn't have anything to pay back this deposit that I was now in litigation for. Uh-huh. So I said, if you will be patient with me, we're going to go through this and we're going to win and we can move forward. They said, we're yep. totally cool with it. Fast forward, that, that process took about nine, eight, nine months. We finally got a um, judgment against the guy for the money. And about a month and a half before we got that judgment, that customer apparently changed their mind, turned around, hired a different contractor, put put a roof on, and they were suing me for the cost of that roof plus the deposit that they gave me. Hmm. And so now <laughs> I had to – I went from pursuing this guy to now defending this um, all while I'm already making payments to the supplier because now I had, you know, $20,000 debt from just that one F wave roof. And it was just like, everything started to fall. Mm. So, okay. Before we get into that was the a lot to unpack. I apologize. That's a lot. And I'm not going to just sit here and hammer you with this. I'm really yeah. trying to make this as useful as possible yeah. to the people listening. So I want to go over three main things. Um, one that, People were talking about this in this, a lot of very smart people were weighing in in the comments on this this weekend. And one of the things was leadership skills. Mm-hmm. The second one, financial literacy. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned, and I think it was supported by a lot of the things in the comments from smart people. I, I okay, I do naturally look at, you know, there's people running big companies and stuff like that. I'm listening to them. Structure and systems and processes and accountability. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned that as well. So I kind of heard a little bit how you felt like you didn't feel comfortable holding people accountable mm-hmm. and that structure and the systems and processes maybe weren't in place. Um, that, that relates to leadership skills. Is there anything else 
that you feel on leadership skills that pertains that if you would do it differently today, what would you do differently? Yeah, that's a great question, man. Um, I, I had an understanding and from listening to other people that it was important to invest in your team. Um, and that's something that I really, 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 uh, strove. How, what's the past tense of strive strived? I feel like Stroven, <laughs> definitely Stroven. Uh, Stroven to do was, <laughs> was to invest in my team and do as yeah. much as I could to give them tools, technology, training, help. Um, but without me being a good leader, without me um, really learning who they were and, and helping to polish their strengths and holding them accountable to things and being a good example because I, I was not a good example. I was a terrible example of, of what self-discipline looked like. Those, those are the things. If I were to do it again, I would work on myself before I would ever allow someone to follow me in that capacity. I will be honest though. Like I have some bad self-discipline and stuff like that. Um, well, I have, I do have it on the wall and on all of our desks. It's part of my role to inspire and motivate. Mm-hmm. I have problems with self-discipline. I'm just going to talk about that. Like, I, I'm not like, yeah. like for instance, I'll make a commitment to myself about around eating or something like that and then just mess it up. Um, I still, I do think I'm, I'm, I'm going to disagree with you a little bit cause I think I still, I still can inspire and motivate my team, even though mm-hmm. I'm imperfect. You know what I mean? I'm, I am not the guy that's lifting weights every day, um, but yeah. I am I am the guy that can empathize with my team and my leadership. Dude, I'm not immune to failure. That's one of the reasons yeah. I wanted to take this conversation is because I'm not saying I'm immune to failure. I'm just saying, like, I still believe that you can inspire and motivate even though you're not I, perfect. I agree with you. Yeah. I think the capability is there, but I disqualified myself from doing that. I did not let myself... I, I disqualified me. I said, yeah. you know what? You can't do that for yourself. You have no place to try and tell mm. them that they need to do this. If you truly believe in what you're doing and you want to be the best version of yourself and you want to build a great organization, there's no other place to do that besides the Roofing Academy. If I would have joined the Roofing Academy before I started my roofing company, because I joined about a month ago, I would have saved myself easily hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of mistakes and a lot of stress and sleepless nights. Whereas I just like allow myself to, even though I don't know if I should. (laughs) (laughs) I I can't speak for you, but for me, that was what it was, is I had disqualified myself to say, I don't have the right to try and tell them this is what they need to do. The company is not their responsibility. This is yours. And so to try and um, set these expectations and then hold them accountable to those when you can't do it to yourself, you're not qualified. Yeah. Let's let's talk about the second one real quick. Financial literacy. Yeah. So do you feel like you were financially literate? And what do you feel like you struggled with around financial literacy, if anything, in in Noble? Yeah. So when it comes to financial literacy – I had no experience in that. Um, I came from 
a terribly illiterate financial background. Um, my, my, my parents have filed bankruptcy several times, mm-hmm. not because, um, some of it was from medical debt and, and whatnot, but I, I was never taught how to establish credit. I, I just had no financial background, very much a hustler pay cash for everything. You know, I do feel I, like that's something I've heard over and over and over again from successful roofers is like, get a bank now yeah, as soon as possible. Yeah. Get lines of credit when you don't need them, that type of yeah. stuff. So I, I've heard that a lot. So, so I, I was not an overspender. I would not spend money on things that were stupid or that did not bring some sort of value. Like I never owned a boat. I didn't buy property. I my truck that I drove was five, six years old. Like I didn't spend money on foolish things and, and things that were big liabilities. Anything that I bought or, or spent money on was to bring value to the team was to bring value to the company. Um, so when it comes to financial literacy, no, I was not very literate, but I was also not, um, a, a terrible steward. I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, does that make sense? Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. I, uh, I just want to note a few things about financial literacy. You're really not like, I'm, I'm just being direct with the audience, not with you, Jordan. Don't yeah. Jordan, Jordan, I just want to say I commend your humility for getting on today. And I, like I said, I really feel like sharing failure and what you learn from it is extremely, extremely valuable. A lot more valuable sometimes than success. I, I just mm-hmm. want to reiterate that. So, but I am talking to the audience and I want to kind of challenge people. Um, and, and I want to, you know, say what I said is, Financial literacy, I'm in no way making an excuse of like, well, I wasn't being stupid with it. Yeah. That doesn't matter. Uh, yeah. If I would have known better about money and had more financial literacy and understood the net payments and terms and lines of credit, if I would have had a better comprehension of those things and of my books um, personally, I think that, that it would have been uh, – would the outcome have been different? I don't know. Because I can't, yeah. I, I can only speak from what we went through, but in no way am I saying, well, I, I you know, I didn't do ter- No, I, I was yeah. still, I should have been more financially literate than what I was. Sure. And I just want to say like, you can really do a lot of business without being financially literate. I, I saw some yeah. people talking in the comments on my post and they're like, essentially like somebody's like, you got to know your numbers. And then somebody else is like, so if, if you know your numbers, everything's going to be great. Yeah, and no, really that's what they're getting point. at is like you need to know your numbers. There's so many things we have to balance as like a business. Like we need to know their numbers. We need to go hard on sales. We need to learn leadership. We need all these different things, systems and processes and accountability. And then you know, I am. I'm just going to share my experience rather than you know talking to the audience. Yeah. I I personally am naturally very bad with money. And I am right now saying I don't care how bad because I'm normally of the mind like double down on what you're good at and mm-hmm. just don't worry too much about what you're not good at. This one thing, financial literacy, this quarter, this year, I am getting really into like I'm trying to learn as much as I can. And then we are adding like a, a fractional CFO, yeah. financial officer. And I'm trying to do that now like – Sometimes it's like you could buy another truck. If, if, sorry, I'm just talking to the audience right now. 
you could buy another truck or you could get a fractional CFO or money help or something like that. So I think that there is like, even though you might not naturally be good at this, you could get help from somebody if you, you know, you're not too far down. Can I ask you a question? Sure. So you said in the comments, people were talking about how, well, you know, your numbers, that means everything's going to be good. They have a point there. Yeah. Tim, my, my question to you, and this is about your business, and I know this podcast is, is not yeah. about this, but I want to ask you because I think it's valuable. Why are you doing that? Why do you feel yeah. it's important to double down on learning your finances now? Yeah. Because I'll be real, dude. Like we had years, years where uh, – there was no profit, you know, like in years where basically we plowed everything back into our business over and over and over and over again. Like the last six years I've been serving companies and now we serve primarily roofers and I, I pushed back into it because I want the service to get better and better and better. Right. Yeah. But at a certain point you need to make profit and mm -hmm. we did fine last year. We got 10% profit. It's just, not as clear in cash flow, and that's what's confusing to me. You can be profitable, but then still not see cash flow healthy. And that's yeah. something that's very confusing to me, and I don't fully understand it. So I need a little deeper um, dive on that. If there's one spot, you know, like I did, I'm doing it because somebody that runs a successful agency that I talked to said, at your size, this is my main problem, is I didn't understand my numbers, and if you don't, to a certain degree, like if each thing, let's say yeah. for roofers, is if, if each job isn't profitable, then it's going to be a bigger problem, especially if you get bigger. Because I'm getting, we're getting bigger, right? Like yeah. 24 people this month and then like in the next few years, 34, 40, you know, we're going to get, we're probably going to go to 40, you know, the next few years. I don't know yet. But like the point is, is like in that situation, if everything's not right financially. It's a bigger problem later. Mm -hmm. So that's where I'm kind of like, I'm trying to get into it and I'm, I'm kind of instructing people to do it, but I'm like also like mostly needed reminder for myself. Half the time when I'm talking on these things, I'm like, this is what I'm working on. It's not, I have, I never have anything mastered. That's why I feel good about having you on man. Cause I, we're all learning out here. Yeah. And like, I'm literally a beginner. And every time this is, I love this. I love doing conversations like this because I don't have to be an expert. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and you don't to market your business. I think some people get scared to market their business. They think they have to be the expert on every single thing mm -hmm. to talk about it. Yeah. But I take the approach of like, I'm just a beginner's mindset guy. Mm -hmm. who's asking good questions to smart people yeah, and people that have learned a lot mm -hmm. and people that have like failed and succeeded and all these different things. And I'm going to learn from every single conversation, but and I feel I like people could take that approach more often, even for roofing companies, they could position themselves as just a learner in their local market and go to all the other home service businesses and all the other like influencers in their local market and act like a, a reporter more than mm -hmm. trying to be the the hero every single time. I agree with you, but I think it also goes, and this is my perspective to add yeah. on to what you said. I think it goes in tandem with taking action yes. because you can be learning, 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 learning. But if you don't do any of those things and if you, you're not, you know, taking those yeah. steps at the same time, yeah. 
Um, you can learn everything and say, I know how to run a multi-million dollar business, but I have this business that's generating $500 a month. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really hard to take yeah. all these principles up here and apply them down yeah. here. So you need to be scaling. And that's oh, yeah. what you talked about earlier was when, you're, when your business is small and your problems are small, as you scale your company, those problems are going to scale with it. If yeah. you don't address them while they're more manageable. So no, I, I agree, man. Totally. And I guess the thing I was kind of getting at is like on the marketing side, cause I'm just, I'm good at, I'm good as heck at marketing. You know what I mean? Like, so I don't know. You're, you're like, yeah. You are the meme king on Facebook, yeah. dude. Yeah. I got the memes down. If you don't follow me on Facebook, facebook.com slash invigorated. And then like, I've really learned a lot about word of mouth and like, this podcast is part and like the clips and stuff like that from it are part of yeah. our word of mouth strategy to like, I use social media to increase word of mouth. If you haven't tried signposts, you definitely should. We help answer calls acting as a backstop to make sure your leads don't get missed. We also help build up your reputation by generating five-star reviews. Come check us out at signpost.com. Noble, you guys had a lot of really good things going on as far as your guys' brand. I know I wanted to have you as a client. I didn't, wasn't able to do that, but um, I saw you guys out and about and doing some really cool things. The look was cool. The name was cool. All these yeah. things. So. I, I, I didn't want to come across as a roofing company nine times out of ten. Um, I, I think that that is something that a lot of roofing companies do. They want to let you know they're a roofing company, and I didn't want to do that. And that was something that we made different. Our logo had no roofs in it. It had an animal like a bull and and um, the name. So I'm, gonna, I'm just going to tell this kind of a cool story. I was trying to come up with a name for my roofing company. And the first company that I came up with was Second Chance Roofing because I had tried to start another roofing company with a couple guys before and it didn't end up working out. Um, but – when I thought of second chance, cause I wanted to tell a good story with the brand, I immediately said, no, everyone's going to think we're felons. And so kind of started running through uh, company names and I, and I wanted to be uh, a company who people thought of as, as a company that was good and, and uh, you know, it wasn't going to pull the wool over their eyes or, you know, whatever. So I came up with, you know, noble roofing and, and that kind of played into the wordplay of no bull and I, I had that, that kind of thing where I'm talking to people about, Hey, I'm thinking about starting this company. This is what I think it is, you know, n noble roofing. And there was, I saw kind of a click of like people, some people thought noble, some people thought noble. And I used that to my advantage. And so when I'd tell people, Oh yeah, I work, I work for noble roofing. They're thinking in their head, N O B L E. I hand them a card and it says N O B U L L. And they have like an experience right there. Cause they had something they thought and I totally cut the grass under their feet. I, I pulled the rug out from under them and they remembered that name forever. Hmm. Um, I had that experience when I was talking to you and, and you mentioned that a couple of years ago at a convention, I was mm -hmm. looking at your website and you had a Wix website and you, yeah. um, so I just remembered, uh, or you'd said that, uh, I kind of roasted it or something. I roasted yeah. you. Up. Yeah. PSA, don't don't use Wix. It's terrible. <laughs> yeah. Use Hook. Use Hook. Yeah, 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 yeah. Learn from um, my mistakes. 
<laughs> there we go. Bonus points. Yeah. Um, no, but for real, uh, there's also stuff that you're doing now. So talk to the audience mm-hmm. about how you're enabling roofing companies to post on social more often. Yeah, man. So um, taking all of the things that, that I learned with my company, the things that we did really well, the things that we didn't do so well, no matter what anybody can say about how the business failed, no one can deny that we built an incredible brand that was known nationally by people inside the industry and outside the industry. And so I wanted to see if I could help other companies to replicate that aspect of it. I don't want to teach anybody how to run a company. I obviously am not qualified to do that, but I know that I can teach people how to build a brand. Um, and so my first thought was to do kind of brand hey, by development. The way, I just, just got to note that that is the, that is such an important part of humility. You know what I mean? Like knowing, Hey, I'm good at this. I am not good yeah. at this. I'm not good at this. I, like people ask me questions sometimes like on podcasts yeah. and stuff like that. I'm like, I don't know about that. Yeah. I, I feel uncomfortable talking about leadership sometimes just because I'm like, I'm not really that qualified. I'm trying to learn, but like yeah. just knowing what you don't know very important. Very important. Yeah. We we had success as a company, but ultimately we failed. And so that is not something that I that I, I feel like I have the receipts to say, hey, look at what we've done. When it comes to branding, I I can help people and I can I can help grow those brands. Mm-hmm. Now, as of right now, what we are doing with, with contractor brand is focusing on social What's media. The I don't, by the way? Uh, thecontractorbrand.com. Awesome. It's another, I built my website, so, I, but I built it on okay, Squarespace. You're good, you're good. <laughs> you know, you got to be scrappy at the beginning of your business. Literally, you do, man. Like, I, dude, I actually don't rip on anyone now for, somebody tried to me yesterday, they're like, it's the beginning of my company, I need a, com- I need a website, I'm like, have you tried Squarespace, have you tried whatever? Yeah. I believe that you should be starting – like I think you should be scrappy at the beginning of business yeah. as much as you possibly can. So you're starting a new business, being scrappy, it's good. Don't, don't super, super resourceful with anything that I can do. Um, but we're, we're creating a focus on social media. One of the things that we struggled with in my business with Noble Roofing was consistently being on social media um, for brand awareness not trying to sell to people on social media, but just being consistent, posting content that was valuable. And I learned that when you're posting on social media, it either needs to be educational, entertaining, or um, engaging. Mm. And when you're posting, hey, we have this special going on. Hey, come buy this product. Hey, do this inspection. It kind of falls into the category of, of a white noise, kind of like those ads that roll at the beginning of a YouTube video that everybody hates. Mm-hmm. Unless you pay for YouTube, which we don't do that, but social media has has not been used as a social platform. It's been used as as a an offering table, as a sales transaction, and that's that's not going to create uh, authentic relationships with people that want to continue to buy from you, that are going to refer people to you. And so, what we've done is we've created templates um, and. Uh, content calendars and, and things for roofing companies. We also do it for HVAC and, and some other companies. So this allows people to post more regularly on social with these easy templates. It's things like before and afters and testimonials and stuff like that, right? 
Uh, no, actually, that's what most people post is okay. before and afters and, hey, look at the roof we did. Yeah. Or they'll hire a social media manager for 500 or or 1000 bucks a month and post, hey, it's International Dog Day. Okay, International I, I realized I, I didn't really know what you do. No, yeah. <laughs> I haven't so, looked that much into it. Yeah, I, I have built out templates that are very strategic, very educational, and very entertaining. And it's more about building – a community and a following than it is just posting content for the sake of posting content. Sure. Uh, I'm going to give two examples. Um, One of the examples that uh, I have is I took all the knowledge that I had in roofing and I figured out how to do what I call my podcast post to where you'll take all this information and you'll write it down and you'll create one giant piece of content and then you'll break it up into shorts. Mm -hmm. One of those examples is, Uh, Does your insurance policy include code coverage? Hmm. That's a great question. And it's a question that not a lot of customers know the answer to. And so code coverage covers everything from decking to drip edge to ice and water shield. There's so many aspects to code coverage. And to feed all of that in one post would would be detrimental. Not It wouldn't be beneficial. It would be too much to um, digest for a customer. But taking one aspect of it, of decking, and say, hey, does your that's, – that's the, the template is, does your insurance policy include code coverage? Hmm. And in the copy that you have, you talk about one aspect of code coverage. Hey, if your deck spacing is this, this, and this, then uh, code coverage, you know, according to IRC, says this. If you don't know, go talk to your insurance company and hmm. don't ask for their business. Don't say, hey, let us come inspect your roof. Don't do that. That's a turnoff. Just give them the information very freely um, and let them want to come back for more. Because if, if they feel like it's uh, – second example is uh, being a hub of information about the community. Okay. So every Monday, talking about what events are going on that week. And uh, the example mm. that I have is we had a customer who was an older customer – our due diligence was to, hey, follow our social media. We posted about like a kid's, kid's free day at the zoo, and she saw it on her social media feed. She wanted to take her grandkids. She shared our post with her daughter. Her daughter said, oh, I can, I can go to this too. I'm off work that day. And my friend Jill has two kids. They'd love to go too, and she shared her, that post with her friend. Ooh. It had nothing to do with roofing, but our post got three organic shares because it was something valuable to those customers, yeah. and our brand was attached to it. So basically your systems and like your content calendar and your templates allow people to utilize this component of these various components of social media. Mm-hmm. And how much is it? Starts at 99 bucks a month. It's a great deal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, this uh, must be like the um, Jordan has low self-esteem because he just, his company failed deal. So no, man. You know, like, take advantage of this deal where it's full He's going to get his confidence back. Jordan, I really am rooting for you, bro. Like I, Thank I you, know man. that I know this sucks and I know that there's probably some, you know, wreckage here and you know, maybe you're maybe I don't know, man. I I'm not trying to judge you. I'm just yeah. saying like I also don't know what happened really that yeah. well. So I can't I can't say Jordan, hey, Jordan's this great guy. Mm-hmm. This sucky thing just happened, mm-hmm. but I am rooting for you. And no matter what, I hope I hope you find you know your your spot. And yeah, I hope no. you 
have success. I appreciate that, man. And, and I think that's really good to, to hear because there's a lot of people that when you do fall, they don't want to see you get back up. They, they want to see you stay down and they want you to kind of die. So, well, I mean, it's possible, like, it's possible that they feel like maybe you're out in the way of you're falling down. You kind of like slap their shit out of their hand or something like that. You know, <laughs> you know with, uh, I understand what you're saying. And it's, I guess it's kind of subjective that. I don't know shit, bro. Yeah. Like, don't, yeah. I'm just saying, I don't actually know the details of anything. All I know is that your business just failed. Mm-hmm. You are generous enough to come on this podcast and actually talk through it, which is unusual. Most people don't want to. I did kind of have to <laughs> message Jordan several weeks and months to get him on here, but um, but generous of you. And then also, like I know other people are out there saying, "God, I want I want to know what happened. Yeah, I want to learn so I don't have to do that." Like basically, if we say one thing that could help people avoid some failure, that's like a big deal. You know what I mean? It's a yeah. it's actually helpful. So I do appreciate your generosity. Yeah, man. I uh, in the beginning of everything, I obviously struggled with pride, and uh, I think anyone in a situation where they're failing, typically that's the go to of of trying to. Uh, reduce the risk of embarrassment and, and hold on to my pride. And, and ultimately that doesn't, it doesn't benefit me. It's not being honest with myself and it doesn't help anybody else. And so I, I have made it a point to try and be as vulnerable and humble about this as I can. I think there's opportunity for me to try and save face and I don't want to, I think that I still struggle with it. I, I want it to minimize things and, that's only to risk, you know, to reduce the, the, the chance of being humiliated. But humility is, you know, from the root of humiliated is humility. And I want to be humble about this because I can't. I feel like humility is humility is voluntary humility or humiliation yeah. is forced upon you. <laughs> I agree with that. I think that's a really good way to put it. Um, I, I've been humiliated and it sucks. It sucks when, uh, just, it sucks. I don't even have to give an example. Being humiliated sucks Yeah. and being embarrassed sucks, but taking the next step of being vulnerable with things is where, you can start to grow and you can start to build back and other people can start to see more of your, your true character and your identity when you come out and be vulnerable and say, dude, I fucked up. Like, pardon my French. I I messed up. It sucks. People were hurt, but I can't stay there. I can't stay down there and I can't wallow in self-pity. I have to do something better. Mm. Jordan, it's beautiful. You know what? I believe in redemption. And I know this isn't the same as the, um, the, the spiritual form, but I believe in redemption in business. Yeah. And I think that um, I, I, I hope that you're, you taking some humility and, and I hope that people see this and, and feel like 
Jordan, I still feel like you're roofings, man. I know you're going to go after HVAC with contractor brand and stuff like that, but I think you still have allies and roofing and people that are rooting for you. And um, nonetheless, redemption. If there's anything, yeah. dude, you know, Reggie Brock was on the podcast recently and he was talking mm-hmm. about what you want to like influence people towards. Cause you know, that we talk, we're talking about influencers and it's like, what are we really influencing people towards? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if if I'm trying to, because I'm trying to be an influencer just because I'm cheap, because it's very expensive to afford influencers to help with your shit. So I'm trying to I'm trying to become an influencer for that reason. And he's just like, what what are you like? If you were really going somewhere, where are we going? Because let's say I want to be influenced by you. You know what I mean? And for me, it was like I, I want to be in a I want to inspire a world that's better. I want there yeah. people to believe in redemption. I want I want to. I want people to be more creative. I want people to have a, you know, better lives and uh, you know, better businesses. You know, so I, I just it was a good question for me. Like, it was an important question for me, and I'm I keep on talking about it on this podcast because I think it was uh, impactful. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Jordan, thank you for joining me, bro. I for those who didn't uh, watch, I was tearing up a little here. Excuse me, um, Jordan. What's the dot com? Where can people check this stuff out? Uh, yeah, thecontractorbrand.com. And there's a couple videos on there. All the pricing is on there. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much the, the resource. We've got an Instagram. We've got a TikTok. We're doing some cool, fun stuff. But all of the information about what we're doing is on the website, thecontractorbrand.com. Awesome. And the podcast is put on by hookagency.com. If you're watching on video, comment below, like the video, subscribe, etc. If you're listening on iTunes or Spotify, um, feel free to leave us a review. It really helps. And uh, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Bye. Thanks for having me, Tim. Thank you, Jordan.